This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Four Cats Boutique on Etsy. That's the number four and cats with a K. They have beautiful book page posters that have passages from some of our favorite fantasy series like The Lord of the Rings and A Song of Ice and Fire and Harry Potter. They even have the Night's Watch vows with the Three-Eyed Crow. They also have Targaryen, Stark, and Baratheon bookmarks. You should really go check them out. It's Four Cats Boutique on Etsy and get yourself some bookmarks and amazing artwork. That's the number four and cats with a K, Four Cats Boutique on Etsy. This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Master of the Web, Lady Dawn of House Wright, Sir Chris of House Farber, Lady Tracy of House Fa, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys and Lady of Jameson, Lord John of House Fry, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Sir David of House Fraser, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry, Lady Madeline of House Fritzel, Lady Adrian of House Dillard, Lady Ashley of House Gardner, Lady Lismalin of House Morales. This episode of Bend the Knee is protected by Sir Ryan of House Turbush, Lady Sarah the Unraveler. Our current champion is Lady Kira of House Arnold. Our current Master of Coin is Lord Jason of House Ross. Squire to Sir Matt, Lady Betsy of House Hudson. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight, Lord of the White Castle. And I am Sir Ezra, the unwatchful hater of Pike and picker of bones. Friends, today we are into Fire and Blood, Heirs of the Dragon, a question of succession. Wow, I've got all kinds of questions, as and all of them have to do with succession. Uh, yeah, there's, there's plenty of them to be asked, I guess. Right. Uh, wait, wait, are you talking about the ultimate question as in like, who's going to, uh, succeed George in, in writing the rest of the series? <laughs> Is that where you're going? Potentially. <laughs> uh, by, by the way, shout out to whoever dropped this song on us. Uh, we had, we had a, a Weston sent us a, I'll put a link in the description for this. You guys can go listen to it. It is a someone wrote a freaking song about George finishing the series, and it's actually freaking hilarious. I've never heard it. It's a really good laugh. Uh, Sir, Sir Weston, the enduring. Appreciate that. Good name, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As, so, um, you know, it's uh, wow. I feel like it's a new era for us as a little bit. We finished a clash with kings. Yeah. And, you know, before we dive into a storm of swords, we're going to go a little bit into some fire and blood content right because house of the dragon is coming soon i expect we get another trailer at some point here in the near future if definitely we're gonna get a super bowl trailer i would have to say oh that'd be sick i i i i freaking hope so um already really stoked by what we're seeing and it feels you know high quality uh we know the cast looks good I'm impressed and I, I can't wait. I just want there to be, I'm actually encouraged by, you know, you and I uh, over on heroes of the horn do we're, we're following wheel of time right now. I've been pretty wheel of time heavy and to see what they've done with like a lot of source material and still keeping the reader 
guessing and wondering like yes we have fire and blood we have this massive book here but you're, you're gonna find today even as we go through uh the old king the succession council of 101 ac there's really not a whole lot like you can't it's an outline it still is, is even just an outline there are one or two paragraphs that describe a batch of uh time where damon went and did this or this character did this and so there's just so much that you can play with that I really hope they they take all audiences on on a trip of some kind. You know what I mean? Like a really like dramatic trip. And, you know, even if they not that they're going to need they don't really even need to change anything. It's just get us uh, attached to a character that really isn't even in the books. That's OK. Bring somebody in. Do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, even even Game of Thrones created some some show only characters. You know, Roz was kind of an interesting character who. I think made it, I think season two or into season three is where she dies. Right. Um, but she's in the first episode, right. In, uh, yeah. in Winterfell and then sort of, uh, works for a lot of different sort of blending of characters and moves the story along. Wow. So you can, what I thought you were going to say, yeah, she works, she works for a lot of different people. Yeah. Well, I, she, she does work for a lot of different people. <laughs> it's all the, right. Uh, yeah. No, she catches um, your attention as well, right? Right well, off the gate. I'm sure she I'm sure she caught a lot of other things as well. Yeah. But um yeah. yeah, you know, so so you can do that especially with the with the show, The House of the Dragon, because it's like a loose outline. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. Again, some of these minor houses, there's not much of a stark presence, but now you can build that up if you want to. If you want to have some I don't know, even a second son or a third son or someone in the Stark family who is down hanging out and getting close to some of these other individuals that's not in the book. Like, that's probably a thing. We probably just didn't know about it. They're a minor person. I don't know. Some people are probably raging right now saying, no, if the Starks were there, George would have wrote about it. Like, but they are. Well, they are they're, they're definitely there at the end. Right. They're definitely there at the end. And to me, I feel like if you want to pull in some of those folks that are Game of Thrones people and their house was House Stark and they freaking love the Starks. By God, all you got to do is just send some like a cousin or someone, a car Stark, if you want to, whoever, send, send right. someone from the north that references the Starks. Also, yeah. what's to say George isn't working on it? Yeah, he sure. is working on it. He was hired by HBO to help the and assist and creating all these new shows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he might be working up a couple different things. Maybe he had, you know, the other thing, too, is when authors write this stuff, he has other notes and things that just don't really get in and his whole purpose in doing this was just to kind of give a framework uh that was going to help him in his uh real ser in the series that he hasn't finished yet it's all about some fire this is supposed to be the the Grimmarillion, right uh right man yeah so i don't know we'll see i i hope so that's that for me is going to be the I, the most intriguing the most intriguing thing so when this trailer comes out we're looking at some of these characters and trying to figure out like even the people who assassinate other characters, like we know certain characters get killed or assassinated, but like who did it? How did they pull it off? Right. And who are some of the servants that we get attached to along the way that aren't ever mentioned that we're going to be like, Oh, that person's really cool. And we see them working, doing their thing, or they're a spy for somebody else. Right. They've been there the whole time. And then they, you know, you know I have, I have thought about characters by the way, who are in, game of thrones and i know that you're like well there's not like you know when, when you get to duncan egg it's like there's you could see a young walter frey blood raven right he's going to be there he's in the cave later mm -hmm. um but i was thinking about some characters who could appear in house of the dragon that are in game of thrones that would be a really really interesting uh thing to do 
Now in the books, there's certain there's book characters who could like cold hands. Not that we're gonna go north. I highly doubt we're gonna even touch like White Walkers and stuff like that. Right. But theoretically, could he died long ago? Uh-huh. We long could ago. see children in the forest. They live really long. You never know. Walking around. But yeah. the one character who I thought would be a super like just mind bender, mm-hmm. right? Would be Jack and Hagar because he's a faceless man. The faceless mm-hmm. men are around for a long time and they just use faces. Okay. Now, do these faces deteriorate over time? Do they constantly have to get new ones or do they just, mm-hmm. once you've got it, you've got it. And then you can use it throughout time. Like, mm-hmm. is it the magic? Like, Hey, we took this or is it literally like you have a face on the wall and it's going to, you can only use it for however long before it starts to sort of, right. You know, decompose. Right. Still a bit of a mystery. Yeah. As to how all of that, right. you know, kind of works. That would be I think because we it's never specifically said that there's faceless men used, but there's so many assassinations that I think the the possibility of some faceless men assassinations and the dance of the dragon definitely exist. You're talking yeah. about extremely wealthy uh, people who are, assass- you know, having people assassinate each other. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, definitely seeing that faction involved would be right. uh, worth it, would be cool to see, just to right. even go back. To but you just go get that. the same actor. I think I think even just as a cool Easter egg, or even it's a show-ism, whatever. That'd be cool. I'd be, I think it would, it would be, be, cool. it would definitely be something that if you wanted to, like, really get people talking on the internet, like, what? Yeah, he, yeah. He wa- I mean, dude, it. all he has to do is be an extra standing, st- all he has to do is be standing behind someone. Right. And you're like, because then it's because then it's kind of cool because then it's kind of cool, too, for the people who um like have didn't watch Game of Thrones, but are watching House of the Dragon to start. And so the people who are watching Game of Thrones are like, oh, somebody's about to die because right. <laughs> because you, you see it you're like, oh, some dude's definitely about to die. Right. But like, I think yeah, it, it could be guy? cool. Right. There's not really many others. Maybe so, Quaith. Yeah. Qu- I just, you know, in Quaith, theory. Maybe. Yeah, you know, we don't maybe have Melisandre is like stupid, ridiculously even older than she we think she is, and mm-hmm. we could see red priestesses in general. Sure, sure. So yeah, there's definitely stuff you could do, and I think they will. That will sort of Easter egg tie-in prophecy stuff that will, because I mean that's the whole deal is you're you want to sort of tie this start begins to start tying this stuff together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what would be cool? So there is a character, Lady Misery, Mazaria, um, um, right? Who is a dancer, who is a paramour for Prince uh, Damon Targaryen. That would be kind of cool. She becomes his like mistress of whispers to when when he eventually even when he's with uh, Queen Rhaenyra. That would uh, she's the gateway into some of that fantastical, uh, right. magical type of stuff. So people in and around her. That would be cool to see. Yeah. There's not really many characters who we believe are like three to 400 years old, other than the children of the forest. How old is the ghost of ghost of high heart? Uh, Well, she's like a woods, witch during eggs time, she's probably, even if she's old there, I still don't think she's over. Like, I mean, I I think it seems to me like the oldest person we see is like Maester Aemon and Blood Raven, who's being sort of held together by, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the tree. And so Blood Raven would have to be the oldest, but he's around Aemon's age. So, I mean, I don't think anybody that we see is older than 150, with the possible exception 
of Quaithe, even Melisandre, we don't know, and Jack and Hagar. Yeah. Because Jack and Hagar uh, could be just a guy. Sure. Or he like or he could be really, really, really old. We don't well, know. we're we're trying to stretch we're trying to, you know Oh, this is definitely stretch in here. You're, yeah, which is stretching. fine. I mean we're we're trying to say like who what, what would be that cool uh tie in connection, you know, they get the same cat to walk in. Is, is that you know, how old is you know, so I don't know, right? The cat. God, I mean, who freaking knows? Is that the is that the same cat? <laughs> uh I don't know, man. But it would be interesting to see so yeah, I don't know if you guys out there have any thoughts or comments or if we're missing somebody. So who... you'd have to look at somebody who's sort of mystical, you know, something like that. Like the like Leaf could is Leaf is definitely alive during House of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, Leaf is, does it, yeah. as is probably the Night King and all those other White Walkers. Right, right. Oh man, yeah. Because you asked me too quick. We'll have to do yeah more more digging on that. Even the stretch of of just someone well it's just i think the faceless men make some sense just because it's like you have super wealthy people trying to assassinate each other Mm -hmm. they can afford it and they're trying to kill people so there's costs right so i think i just think it'd be cool as a cool little easter egg in one episode the internet would lose its mind yeah absolutely and that's what you want if you're making a tv show you want people to lose their mind you don't even have to explain it you can just do it right right yeah well, another other tie-in things that you can do if at some climactic point there's a vision or somebody has a vision of things to come in the future, you right. can do cameos at that point too. I mean, there's there's cool things that you could do with um, a vision into a song of ice and fire. Not that any of this really more of the Duncan Egg stuff is where prophecy and things start to leak over into what George. This is this is all kind of the background to even his prelude, right? Robert's Rebellion and Duncan Egg and all that stuff that that carries over. And there are actually characters that that do show up in a song of ice and fire, or we think will show up later. But this is all the rest of this is just big backstory to House Targaryen. But it'd be cool if there was someone having dragon dreams and there's a little glimpse of um, oh, yeah, an you object or a sword. Yeah. So because that is one thing I think I don't think people are really talking about is there there will be connections, right? Because they're trying to build a like. I mean, they're talking a lot of potential shows. They're talking a lot of stuff. I mean, they're building this Westeros verse. This is going to be their sort of Marvel, you know, like cinematic universe. Right. Yeah. So you, you in, want, and they're you want get... continuity. You want you want things to interconnect. The, the one, you know, Corliss Valerian going to all the voyages and stuff. I think that's even in this batch where it's referenced a little bit about what he does, building his new keep and the wealth that he he amasses by traveling around it's just only one or two lines here but they're thinking about making a whole freaking show out of it so a shy and and all that stuff he he might go to and just places he could go things he discovers uh yeah kind of like we get to see like a better version of euron going out and doing stuff except for maybe not as shady and not as shifty and murderous and uh, right so uh yeah good 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 points there yeah i guess that does yeah. make it quite a bit better yeah <laughs> so okay so let's go ahead and dive in. Um, this is going to be part one of this chapter because the chapter is like, it's pretty long. It's like a two hour chapter, I believe, uh, on the audio book. And that is Heirs of the Dragon, A Question of Succession. So this is really going to be sort of the beginning of what causes the Dance of the Dragons. 
Uh, so the seeds of war are off planted during times of peace. So has it been in Westeros. The bloody struggle for the Iron Throne, known as the Dance of Dragons, fought from 12 or 129 to 131 AC, had its roots half a century earlier during the longest and most peaceful reign of any of the conqueror's descendants ever enjoyed, that of Jaehaerys I Targaryen the Conciliator. The old king and good queen Alysanne ruled together until her death in 100 AC and produced 13 children. Four of them, two sons and two, and two daughters, grew to maturity, married, and produced children of their own. Never before or since had the Seven Kingdoms been blessed with so many Targaryen princelings. From the loins of the old king and his beloved queen sprang a confusion of claims and claimants that many maesters believe that the Dance of the Dragons or, so, or, the sim, or some similar struggle was inevitable. So uh, I will say, as I do have a problem with the text, some of the text we just read. Okay. And this is well, where yeah. you can begin to sort of view that this is from the point of a maester. Remember, a maester wrote all of this in, in sort of, you know, theory, right? Mm -hmm. Never before or since had the seven kingdoms been blessed with so many Targaryen princelings. Now, hold on a second. I'm pretty sure that the era after the Dance of the Dragons, the Blackfire Rebellion era, we have a yeah. king, Aegon the Fourth, who legitimizes all of his kids, of which he probably has over a hundred. Mm -hmm. So I think that might be the, the time in which there were the most. Yeah, good, good call, good freaking call. You know, when was this written? Right. Like, what was right? Like, no. Yeah, that was another time that. And, uh, well, look at that, too. When when more were born during that time and and, and legitimized how crazy all of it kind of became. Um, Actually, I believe this is written before that takes place. This does yeah, not include Dance of the Dragons. Fire and Blood one does not include or Fire one does not include Blackfire Rebellion. Right. OK. Yeah. Yeah. So. Again, I know when you get into a world of ice and fire, um, yeah, that right. was just all they mix in all the maesters and everything, right? But yeah, this is your first volume for sure. Mm -hmm. Right, but so um, this is going to sort of be the big, the the big deal is this is this question of succession. Yeah, exactly. And so let's just go over real quickly. So we're talking about the old king. Things are things are set up here with him and dude i just found an absolutely massive family tree someone has put all of it together like this this is what yeah, i go ahead go ahead yeah the the, the yeah, deep cuts it. here um yeah let me go ahead and share my my screen and then I'll, I'll send you a link to this as well because it is it is a lot to to track and follow and this the, the whole problem that we have there were so many claimants right there's there's so many claimants that um, it's hard to know once the old king. Oh my goodness! Wow, there we go. As wow, I'll get like uh, the old Matrix situation showing up there. Uh, can you see this now? This is um, yes. Some of this. Okay. So again, I just found. I'll, I'll try to find you. Send you a link. I literally, as you were talking, pulled this up. But you can see the old king right here in the center um, of this, and he's married to good queen Alisande. Right. Both dying of old age. 
And you can go down and look and see the sons that they had, all of their other uh, children, some that didn't make it, you know, um, killed in a horse race, uh, died of an illness, died uh, in. Sorry, I think I found on. a better. I, th- I think I found a better one. Yeah, give, give it to me. Yeah, this this one, this one, by the way, is overwhelming. And there is like literally tons and tons of stuff mm-hmm. on it. And it's got all sorts of notes. Oh, that's a great one. That's great. Yeah, this is actually the one that we're, we're used to seeing right here. And this is a simplified version that is. Um, so what Matt has pulled up here is the old king. There we go. And yep, good Queen Allison. And then it's just going to move you right down to Viserys. Um, so, yeah, but the point is here when we start off, Viserys is his uh, grandson and or or um, let's see, it's actually his son's son. Yeah. Yeah. Son. So uh, his sons, Jaehaerys' sons, they don't live, man. So let me read the part where it talks about that. Um, let's see. But the stone began to crack in 92 AC when Aemon, Prince of Dragonstone, was slain on Tarth by a mirish crossbow bolt loosed at the man beside him. The king and queen mourned his loss and the realm with them, but no man was more bereaved than Prince Balon, who went at once to Tarth and avenged his brother by driving um, them into the sea. On his return to King's Landing, Balon was hailed as a hero by the cheering crowds and embraced by his father, the king who named him Prince of Dragonstone. So now the younger brother, Balon, has stepped up. And... Okay, that's all good and well, right? Until, let's skip on down here. He ends up dying. <laughs> so so he ends up dying. Actually, there was still a kind of a debate at this point as to whether or not it would be him um, or would it be... Um, let me go back here. Would it be Eamon's, um children, right? Right. So that's that's kind of the idea. Is that like, who do you go to? Is it the first son's children or does it go to the brother next up? And and that's kind of the the issue that we get into. And then you get into an issue of is it the female line or is it going to be the male line that we're going to um, kind of give priority to? Yeah, exactly. Um, and ultimately, I mean, we know we we know uh, not to jump too far ahead here, but we know we're going to get to obviously the big deal is the Great Council. And we're not going to sort of let women rule, uh, which is something that will tie into a game, the main series a little bit, because what's going to happen when Daenerys comes over? Are they going to let her rule or not? Are Cersei going to be allowed to rule because of that? Uh, be, because of because of 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 that ruling. Um, and that's right. ultimately where this whole deal is whole deal is going to go. Right. Yeah. So let me read this part here, too. So um and this is regards to Rainies, who will end up marrying Corlys Valerion later. But Prince Aemon, so Prince Aemon was next in line after the old king, his his eldest son. He dies, right? Balon, his brother, avenges him, and Balon is immediately named next in line. Instead, so uh, Prince Aemon had a child, his daughter Rainies, who was born in 74 AC, uh, had grown into a clever, capable, and beautiful young woman. In 90 AC, at the age of 16, she had wed the king's admiral and master of ships, Corliss of House Valerion, Lord of the Tides, known as the Sea Snake after the most famous of his many ships. Moreover, Princess Rhaenys was with child when her father died. So by granting Dragonstone to Prince Balon, King Jaehaerys was not only passing over Rhaenys, 
but also possibly passing over her unborn son. So there you go. I mean, that's just, I mean, right away, he already does sort of a pre-Council of 101 AC and says, no, it's not going to Rainey's. It's going to go to my second, the, to um, my second son or my, my younger son. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, here's a, I got the picture here in, in, in fire and blood, uh, which is kind of cool. I do like, I do like these, these sort of hand drawn pictures they have of, of some of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the crazy thing is for starters, Jahari lives too long to where he can't pass it on and pass it on. And then same sort of thing is going to happen with Viserys is he struggles to find a, a male heir in the first place. Right, exactly. And when you're when you're so caught up in that, later on Viserys will will do what probably could have been and maybe should have been done here, which is just to pass it on to the the next eligible uh, female heir or heir in general, regardless of male or female. And I I forget what it's called, but there's two different lines of thought here as to as to how and it's something. It's probably has something to do with England and how the succession and how it's passed down, whether. I, I, I do. I've looked in at one point, you know, when they were um, the king uh, or the, the queen was you're looking at like the, the the sons and who's next up in line. That that stuff is absolutely right. insane over there as to know who's the duke of this and whatnot. It's yeah. You know, that is an, it, it is interesting, though, to think about the idea of that. If. So if the king dies. But he has. Let's just I'll just we'll 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 go outside of princes and princesses just for a second. So if the king dies and he has and his wife is pregnant, could be a son, could be a daughter. Should it pass? Should the entire throne pass to like say his brother, which is where it would if the wife was not pregnant, mm -hmm. or should it or should it be held in regency until we can know if the king had a son or not? Uh, yeah, right. I, mean, that's I almost cool. feel like it should be held in Regency to see. And then if it's a daughter, then it could pass. But if it's a son, then I feel like it should be his because that would be his his technical birthright. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, first and foremost, we should let women rule. But and sort right. Of OK, rules, yeah, if you're right. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah. And sort of the rule that out. Yeah, right. And that's and that's where it gets trippy because when they throw in Rainies and and really the the clause with her is that she has an unborn child and like you're saying hold it in Regency until uh, right, I mean obviously we have the old king right. still reigning but like right. we don't name <laughs> someone to Dragonstone yet or or he's hold I mean the the other thing is too to Rainies if you're if you're just waiting on on her to have her child it ends up being a a girl uh, anyways but um, her first child so you could just hold that spot and say to her, Hey, look, we're just holding it with, with, um, with right. Balon until, until, because you it's also right. It's all, if it were, if it had been a son, then it would have been his firstborn's grandson. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and that was, that is what Corliss is kind of saying, you know, that we should wait on. So it, it ends up being Lena, Valerion. So Rainey's has Lena Valerion first and then has Lenor later on. And we'll know, we know that he will actually have a claim later when it comes down between him and Viserys, but he's like five years old and, and Viserys is, is more capable. Um, so yeah, 
Yeah, you would rob my son of his birthright, she told the uh, the king with a hand upon her swollen belly. Her husband, Corlys Valerian, was so wrought um, that he gave up um, his admiralty and his place on the small council and took his wife back to Driftmark. Yep. Yeah, pretty, pretty radical. Um, God, man, I'm looking... The the person this 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 family tree that I have in front of me is so detailed that it's overwhelming. But it's it's it is great to kind of look at and think, like okay, so he has his his sons. One is killed, then the other one is killed. Then it's going to come down to okay, we've already passed over Rainey's, uh the queen the, the queen who never was as they call her, or the queen the right. queen who was passed over, and then we even pass over Lena Valerion because she clearly was passed over. If her mother's going to be passed over, then she will be as well. But her son, Lenor, right, um, he would then be, let's see, the great-grandson of, of Jaehaerys. And then you have Viserys, who is just a grandson, right? So right. that, well, look, you know. And look here, too, by the way, Queen Allison uh, saying here, saying, um, you know, Good Queen Allison, okay, saying a ruler needs a good head and a true heart. You know, she shouldn't that that basically ruling that um uh Rainier shouldn't be passed over because of her sex, right? A is not essential, right? Yeah. Uh if your grace truly believes that women lack the wit to rule plainly uh uh plainly, you have no further need of me. And thus Queen Allison departed King's Landing and flew to dragonstone where she remained for two years right right yeah uh and then it says they reconcile and come back but they never reached a court on succession when she dies in 100 ac at the age of uh four and 60 still insisting that her grand her, her granddaughter uh rainies and her children had been unfairly cheated of their rights mm-hmm yeah yeah, so she's upset with it, um, and, and a big fuss is made. You know, one thing that's interesting, the old king, though, he actually goes back and says that, look, when you go back to Aegon the Conqueror, it was he who ruled and not his sisters, necessarily, even though he ruled with his sister uh, wives and, and they were queens. Um, but when, when he dies, it doesn't necessarily go to um, Visenya. It, right. Right, it, it passes down to his son. Uh, so yeah, I think the old King was trying to say, that's where I'm, where I'm getting this from. I'm just trying to continue on here. And then Allison is like, yeah, this is not, um, and you know, the other thing is it seems like, it seems like there's no seniority either because is ain't, is Amy's older than Megor? Yeah. He's the eldest, I think. Well, because, you know, it's also because, um, Rhaenyra is older than, no, other way around. Sorry. Then Visenya. Visenya is older than. Is older. Uh, yeah. Right. So even right. though it's his older sister, it's about the. There, it's about the. Which boy is older? Mm -hmm. See, they're just. They just make these rules up as they go. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, that's also kind of we a weird one, right? Aegon has. Going back to the Conqueror. He's got two wives and he has two different children, Magor and Aenys. I mean, this kinda, is why you need a clear path of succession. It's kind of weird when you have multiple wives, you know, makes it tough. Right. Makes and one tough. wife is older than the other, but then their kids are flipped. And right. technically, 
uh, could be bastards. Yeah, man. Look at that. There might be. <laughs> the whole thing sprung from a bastard line. Rainey's was having, you know, uh, intercourse with all sorts of, you know, individuals. So right. hinted at anyways. It's hinted at. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a mess. It's it's an absolute mess. Um, And, and, and Queen Allison just doesn't really uh, kind of wants to throw out. I, th I think she wants to simplify things. I don't know if it would make it more confusing or not, because then you even get into like some of their children and you get into the, the sisters of Balon and Eamon and or Eamon and Balon, uh, Jahari's right. sons. And then their sisters well, late, start looking well, later on. They later on, they just choose egg. They just choose them. Yeah. Yeah. They hold these councils, right? I mean, that's, that's sort of what, and that, that is what Jahari's ultimately will do later on is to call a great council because he's just so there's so many different people that, that, uh, have a claim that the best thing to do would be because let me find so this is the, so this isn't even a monarchy anymore yeah <laughs> it's i mean it's like a representative democracy except you don't get to choose who represents you right right okay let, let, let me look at this uh so okay jaharis the old king he has, we're not going to mention the sons that die, but he's got Aegon. Well, I'll mention him. Aegon dies. Uh, Daenerys dies. Um, Aemon, his first son, is killed. Balon ends up dying. He does have someone, um, a Septa uh, daughter, a daughter who's a Septa. She dies. Uh, Archmaester Vagon is still alive. That's the Archmaester who will come back. He's called Archmaester Vagon the Dragonless, and that is Jaehaerys' son kind of a bookish individual and he's the one who helps his father come up with this idea to call a council uh you have um Dela, who died in childbirth you have sarah uh or sarah who became a famed uh Lysini sex worker if you will uh you have who else is that it yeah the rest of them die i believe some suicide died in childbirth and then killed in a horse race so leftover is really just archmaester vagon and Sarah or Sarah, I don't know how you say it. Um, those are the kind of two leftover children that he has. And neither one of them have legitimate um, children. So the, the individuals who were left over, as we said, uh, Rainey's was a grandchild. Uh, Viserys is a grandchild. And then you also have Damon. But Damon is the younger brother to Viserys, right? So Viserys comes before Damon. Uh, if you're going to pass over Rhaenyra's, so those are the grandkids. Let's go over just the, just the grandkids right. here, um, and that's it. As far as what the, I'm seeing on the on my family tree here, is Rhaenys is a granddaughter, Viserys is a grandson, Damon is a grandson, and there was someone else who was an Aegon that just died from Balon. He was one of his sons who died, um, but only three grandkids, and it's Rhaenys who's passed over. Viserys, who ultimately is selected as the king, and then his brother Damon. Um, leftover, then, you know, Viserys will have, as you said, Matt, we're going to get to all this later, which is like he has Rhaenyra, um, and then he has Alicent and him get married, and they have their whole uh, batch of batch of kids. But Rhaenys just has Laenor. So really, those two big contenders will be Laenor, the great-grandson, and then Viserys, the grandson. So it's, it's, it's a freaking mess. Sorry. No, no, it's it's and it only gets even it only gets more crazy from here. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you know, the problem is that Harry's lives too long. 
And uh, yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's the problem is he, he lives too long. And then, you know, he, he, he can't find anybody to give the throne to. And then, you know, Jahari, then Jahari steps in and then he, he, he's going to run into the same issue. Who succeeds yep. at who succeeds after me? And then a civil war breaks out. Right. Right. And actually let, let's talk real quick just about, so um, from the book, I'm going to read to you guys, this is what it says in 101 AC. So 101 AC is known as this council and it starts in the beginning of 101 AC when Prince Balon complained of that stitch in his side, he was hunting in the Kingswood, find out he's got like a burst belly. He's got some internal issues and he dies in his bedchamber. Um, he was tower of, um, yeah, he was, he was handed to the King at the time. And Mr. Um, Mr. Runs, uh, Runcitor? Runcitor. Runcitor, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, is the one who comes and checks him out and tries to figure out what happened. Burst belly. Uh, Balon had sired three sons by his sister, uh, Alyssa, two Viserys, and Damon still lived. So those are the two sons from Balon. And then going back to Amon, we know he has he has uh, Rainies. So this is the setup here. Lenor Valerion was uh, who Rainies put forward. Again, she's pushing him forward, saying, "Hey, now that uh, Balon has died, we're going to push him forward. He, the old king, is still the freaking king. Who is going to be next up at Dragonstone?" Uh, so she's pushing her son, Lenor, forward. Um, Lenor Valerian was male and could claim descent from Jaceri's eldest son, whilst Balon's boys were descended from the younger. Moreover, King, Je- J- King Jaharis still had one surviving son, Vagon, who was that archmaster at the Citadel, uh, holder of the ring and rod and mask of yellow gold. And he's known as Vagon the Dragonless. So again, he's the one who comes in and says, all right, Pops, here's what we're doing. We need to call a council. And so, yeah, they call this freaking council and they hold it at um, Harrenhal, right? I think. Uh, Harrenhal, does yeah. It, that, does, it, does it say? Yeah, yeah. So uh, they, um, the, high Septon, the High Septon came from Old Town to bless the assembly. Merchants and tradesmen descended upon Harrenhal by the hundreds. Hedge knights, free riders came in hopes of finding uh you know just jobs um cut purses came seeking coin women and young girls came seeking husbands so they get all of these people involved it was really i think a a time where everyone could just come pitch throw their weight around if you will and in heron hall supposedly was the only keep that could house all these different lords um right which is why the tourney at heron hall happens there later because it's such a central central location and it's a and a and a big place where everybody everybody can come it is i think also some because it because it's so in the center of westeros right right exactly and and i should mention another reason this was getting to the point where the king wanted to hold this council was because you had corliss valerion who is the um you know he's he's sort of that uh, master of of ships and he's the admiral of the of the fleet and he's amassing his forces in support of his uh, his son, Lenor. And then you had Damon, who is fired up, who is getting all of his fellas together to back his brother, Viserys. Interesting. It's all just this big power grab. Uh, and each of them wants, wants a piece of the throne. I mean, Damon knows that if his brother gets on the throne, he's that much closer. Right? That type of thing. Yes. So there's some major tension and fighting going on. And it's like, all right. We have to settle this and calm it down. That's what the old king is known for. I mean, a time of peace and, uh, gosh, what is the, um, 
you read it there, the opening line. It was, yeah, the seeds of war are oft planted during times of peace. And again, he has kept things very pacified and has has he's actually had a great reign and rule. But then it's it's brewing all of this plotting and scheming people waiting for him to die and just just kind of take over. Reminds you of the phrase a little bit, too, with like Walter Frey. And there's some there's some sort of people who speculate that some of the grandsons and great grandsons might be killing one another or trying to knock each other off just to become further up that line and mm -hmm. take over there at, at the twins. But yeah. And, and so this whole council, I mean, tons of people show up and there's like, there's all these different claims. Um, you've got one here. Uh, Sarah is her name, right? Mm -hmm. um, which is King Jaharis, uh let me see here. No fewer than let me pull this up here. Get on the screen. No fewer than fourteen claims were uh, duly uh, examined and considered by the lords assembled. From Essos came three rival competitors, grandsons of King Jaehaerys, through his daughter Sarah, each sired by a different father. One was said to be the very image of his grandsire in his youth. Another, a bastard born to the triarch of old Volantis, who arrived with bags of golds and a dwarf elephant. Right. And he brings these gifts and things like that. Um, Sarah, her, her princess Sarah herself was still alive and well in Volantis and only 34 years of age. Her own claim was clearly superior to those of any of her bastard sons, although she did not choose to press it. She says she has her own kingdom over there. Right. Um, and it's like, what ends up happening over there? It's like Targaryens and Volantis. I mean, can we, mm -hmm. can we, can we establish that more and see what goes on right. down there? Um, yeah, there's just there's tons more. You have you have there was a well, uh, there was as well a strapping red haired man at arms who claimed to be the bastard son of Magor the Cruel. So he would be, he would still he would be kind of old uh, in his age, but could still be, obviously would still would still be alive, but he would have to be certainly kind of old if because mm -hmm. uh, you know. Yeah, interesting. When, he's coming when forward it, now, right? <laughs> right. When he's coming forward now, when is Jaharis born? Right, because Jaharis is like ridiculously old. Right. Um, like going going into this. So, well, let's look that up. Let me. Oh, he'd have to be old. You're, you're, you're. I think you're right. Um, well, if Jaharis is born, we um, let's see. Oh God. Let me zoom out on this. Jaharis is born in 48. Uh, no, his reign is 48 AC. He's born in 34. He dies in 103. So, yeah, I mean, he could be. He, he could be. He would still probably be like 50, 60. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't. I, I suck at math. We all know that. <laughs> um, but, then, but nonetheless, right, it's by, the, by uh, way of proof he brought his mother. So it would have to be like really old, an aged innkeep's daughter who said that she had once been raped by Megor. Although they couldn't believe it, you know, like they just don't. It, it's hard, right. hard to prove. Um, the Great Council deliberated for thirteen days. Uh, the tenuous claim of nine lesser competitors were considered and discarded. One such, a hedge knight who put himself forward as a natural son of King Jaehaerys himself, was seized and imprisoned when the king exposed him as a liar. It was he lying? <laughs> Who knows? Well, was he? I don't maybe, know. Maybe old good King Jaharis wasn't as good as we thought. Yeah, maybe maybe he wasn't. Uh, gosh, uh, yeah, things get a little a little weird late in his life, actually. But yeah, I mean, this is earlier on. You know, who knows? Maybe maybe he did get a little frisky. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but the, the main contenders, though, um, are, are really just Viserys and, and Lainor. And I think it just comes down, they, they say, too, that Lainor, I believe, let me see, I think it said he was, like, really young. Um, and Viserys was, was capable, yeah. Viserys was the old king's grandson, Lainor, his great-grandson. Um, here it is, guys. The principle of, and I don't know how to say this word, promigenitor. Pro yeah, you guys are probably know what I'm talking about, right? Promigenitor. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, or good. the or the or the principle of proximity. These are the two principles. So, like one principle favors Lainor, uh, which is that you know being descended from the first son. And then you have proximity, uh, and that that was the principle that favored Viserys. So, uh, and also Viserys did ride uh, Balerion at one point, who ended up dying, and he never takes another mount. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, Lenor's claim is generally regarded as the weaker. But the boy's mother and father were such powerful and influential figures that it could not be dismissed entirely. Um. So yeah. Then they go into this. Then it goes into a bit of Corlys Valerion and mm -hmm. some of uh, his titles. He was a no, like this noble house uh, with a storied Valerian lineage. The Valerians had come to Westeros even before the Targaryen. So it starts to kind of build up like why it mattered that he was, um, you know, a son of not only Rhaenys, but then even Corlys Valerion and the power that that house has. Yeah. Which is, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. I will say, by the way, and I, I've I said this when when this book came out. I find Fire and Blood itself to be incredibly dry, um, just as as a read. Uh, it's it's I mean it is it is quite literally like reading a history book, except that you know it's all fictional characters, and they're all fictional characters who appear for like four paragraphs, and are supposed to have some level of importance. So a lot of fire and blood. And this is why I I prefer World of Ice and Fire uh, as a book. I just think it's it's done better by going through each sort of of the king's reign as opposed to these bigger uh, sort of sort of sections here where, you know, you, you just get little nuggets, really. And we're just sort of world building here. Right, right. Yeah, and so as it is, it is it is also kind of weird the way this is written because right there we start talking about the claimants, and then we spend probably six or seven paragraphs talking about Corlys Valerian, which I'm gonna kind of skip through. We just know like the the bullet points are he's epic, and from a young age he learns how to you know um, uh, ships, build ships, uh, master ships, and went on crazy voyages, and he becomes the sea snake, and so on. Which is awesome. He's revered and respected. Um, and so he's bitterly disappointed when Prince Aemon originally died. And then King Jaehaerys bypasses Aemon's daughter, Rhaenys, and then even his unborn um, child at the time and goes right to, to Balon. So he was already upset then and, and, and wasn't happy. Now, um, let's see. Lord and Lady Valerian were eloquent and open-handed in their efforts on behalf of their son. The decision of the Great Council was never truly in doubt. Uh, by a lopsided margin, the lords assembled chose Viserys. So again, that's really upsetting for uh, Corlys Valerion. That's why I think at the beginning of, of our, our show, we're going to see some tension between um, Viserys, who was chosen. So the council has happened, and Viserys 
is chosen over Lenor. Lenor is in the show. We're going to see him. And he could have, at that council, he could have been picked. He was one of those leading contenders, but it was always pretty heavily in favor of Viserys. So, yeah. And let me, I'm going to pull up this. I think this is more of a clear sort of um, thing. This is just from the, the wiki here. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, of course, some stupid ad that's on here. Um, sorry about that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So looking at, go away. Oh God. Ads. Well, oh, whatever. Okay. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Hold on. Let me do this. The, you know, this is why you guys, this is why you guys gotta check out the video version. You can, you can see all. It's a lot of madness. It, it is. It is. It is a lot of madness and some, some ad that won't go away regardless. Okay. So here's Jaharis and Allison, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then here are all of the people, right? Like it's kind of crazy when you really start to look at it and you're just like, wow, how many people are there? You've got Jocelyn Baratheon, Eamon, Della, and the, you know, Roderick, Aaron, Balon, Alyssa, Sarah, like all these people that are married in mm -hmm. to this, to this family. And so you begin to see what's going on. So here you have Rainey's and Corlys Valerian, and then you have to come down here to Viserys. So this is ultimately what this this chapter kind of and a lot of this goes into is, you know, Rainey's and should be she be taken serious and then, you know, sh or should it essentially end up being Viserys, who is Jerry's grandson. Now, the interesting thing, though, is that the whole Dance of the Dragons actually centers around uh, Rhaenyra. Mm -hmm. who's really just a namesake of Rainey's, although she, you know, is no connection to Rainey's, except she will marry a Valerian. So mm -hmm. that's how, like, they ended up getting getting tangled up. The the the, the actual line of succession um, in the Dance of the Dragons is such, like, a big tangled web, uh, and it just gets, and it just gets all jacked up. And then sort of what ends up being, and to spoil, I guess, you know, it's sort of spoilers to go forward, but I think it's important to actually have this in your mind of where this whole thing ends up is that the crazy thing is, is that Viserys and Alicent, right? I mean, we know Viserys is going to die, um, and that's like the the catalyst for setting off the Dance of Dragons, is basically Alicent Hightower is the one who sort of technically rules throughout this whole thing and yeah. then Rhaenyra and then Rhaenyra and Damon don't actually even end up like ruling and it's sort of you know it's all sort of um just they're yeah, tragic characters right it's a weird it's almost like there's two knots like the first knot here is this council which we come out and we say okay Viserys and the dust settles there's nothing you can do about it Viserys is king Corlys has to brood on it uh, Rainey's is whatever. Lenor is like, hey, cool. I didn't want to be, you know, I was like five when this whole thing happened. So you move on. But then you're right. Um, Rhaenyra will be, there's almost like a healing, like a band aid that takes place there where Rhaenyra then will go over and marry into House Valerion. So it's healed. The branch is healed. And they then now are connected to the daughter um, of Viserys and his, at the time, his heir to be. And that's that's all there is to it. Everything is good until 
he marries Allison. Once he marries Allison Hightower and has more children, there, here we go, another huge knot is formed. So it is kind of crazy to think that all of this was almost done and avoided, and Rhaenyra could have just been next up, the first kind of queen, and we would have been, it would have been great. We would have rolled with that, and right. Valerion would have been happy. Corliss would have been happy. His son is there. Uh, but no, he had to go have more children, right? <laughs> with that, right. with the and high then, towers. Yeah. And then ultimately, though, I guess I should say is again, and I think it's important to have some of this information just going into the go. I think it's important to sort of have the end of this in at the beginning, as odd mm -hmm. as that's going to seem, because it this the whole Dance of Dragons for me is is really about the the characters and just what they what they're willing to do in order to try to get the iron throne um because of the backing the backing of the whole deal is a legitimate claim to who actually sh rightfully should have it it's it's unlike like robert's rebellion which is just hey we're throwing overthrowing the king because He's mad and Rhaegar can go too because he stole Lyanna. And then the and then the Lannisters sort of get into it and they're just like, we just want to keep power. Whereas this, there's like at least some sort of legitimate arguments behind it over who should have the throne. And so and so Rhaenyra and Damon, who will be our sort of main drivers of this whole deal, end up, you know dying and then but then ultimately in a way they sort of win because their son it goes on to be egg on the third and he is the the then rightful ruler so it's so it makes them that much more tragic because while they never get the throne themselves all of the fighting and everything that they do ultimately sort of works and yeah at yeah. least that's the way I've always that's the way I've always sort of viewed it. Oh no, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah, like it's it is through it's weird that by the birthing of more of these crazy uh high tower, you know, children, the greens, that the knot is is tightened. But then again, what what ends up helping Rhaenyra, or I guess if depending on if you're you know, pro green or pro black here, it doesn't matter. Um, Damon and and, and Viserys, like again, this is Viserys. it's so crazy to think this is Damon's son who goes on to right. become king and Viserys his brother's grandson you know what I mean that's kind of kind of weird right? right so one of his grandsons I mean Viserys has uh, a, a bunch of children I mean he's got Rhaenyra Aegon um, Helena and then Aemon so he's got four uh, three with high th three with Alicent and then one that he had with um, Emma Aaron so and it's and it's it's Rhaenyra who gets with his brother and has Viserys' grandson. So he, either way, he was going to win, right? Viserys right, is still, right. <laughs> you know, right? Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, so exactly. Kind of funny when you think about it from him, from, and from Viserys' point. I would, I'm glad I'm not a show writer on this one because, for starters, I think they're not going to have all these, all these characters because there's just too many. And then, as we'll dive deeper into when we do more episodes on, on Fire and Blood, there's so so much of it is also rumor and innuendo and there's so much um hooking up that takes place like on the side mm -hmm. and like 
this could actually be this person's kid and this could actually right. be this person's kid. So like the whole dance of dragons in order to legitimately try to explain it and is, is kind is, is a daunting task uh, to, to say, to say the, to say the least. But I, I think it's important to have a lot of that information forward. And again, it is our, a lot, all this information really comes from the world of ice and fire book and fire and blood and i think actually what we might do as is once we get through this chapter in fire and blood shift back to world of ice and fire because i think i sort of prefer that because it just sort of covers this king's reign and goes um and alt and ultimately just goes through it but so to go back to where we are in yeah. fire and fire and blood um yeah. we're with corliss valerian and and rainies right and, and I, then it just yeah go ahead yeah yeah because yeah basically it does that big sidestep it comes to this conclusion um about the council of 101 ac and and jaharis the old king didn't even show up to it he just hears about it and says okay awesome um and it does talk about because then you have to weave in this whole element of lord hightower of old town so of the last years in the reign of king jaharis little and less need be said Prince Balon had served his father as hand of the king as well as Prince of Dragonstone, but after his death, his grace elected to divide those honors. Um, as his new hand, he called upon Sir Otto Hightower. Um, so that's cool. Sir Otto Hightower comes in here, and that's awesome. He brought with him his wife and his children, which is where we get Alice and Hightower, who became this constant companion, fetching his grace's meals. So the old king is right there with Alice and Hightower, and she becomes close. The man has a great picture uh, up here on the screen too right that, so. and 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 allison of course is our opposing sort of fact i guess it depends on which side of the of the argument you're on um because i do think when the when the show comes out there will be fans of both the blacks and the greens but um you know this this scene right here as in this picture that we have in fire and blood there's a lot of speculation yeah right i know it's a little bit weird right um it, it's at some point in time he starts to I mean, confused Alicent and thought that she was uh, possibly Sarah or some of his, you know, someone else. Right. Um, and yeah, th this is a way in which I think the high towers become close. There's a reason why Alicent catches the eye of uh, Viserys after Emma Aaron dies. You know, that might be totally different too in the show. They may like the high towers might be involved in some sort of uh, like not. I don't, I don't want to say maybe I know it's implied um, childbirth and stuff like that in, in the text, but maybe poison or something else that the high towers are plotting to get Viserys more in line uh, with his daughter, Allison, just a thought things that they could do, you know? Well, all I know is that, uh, Hey, in the year 103 AC, King Jaehaerys the first Targaryen dies in his bed as lady Allison is reading to him from Septon Barth's unnatural histories. Okay, he was he was he was basically uh, 96 when mm -hmm. he dies. Okay, um, and then yeah, the next thing you know is we're gonna we're gonna get there. Lady Emma of House Aaron herself, um, you know, she suffers several miscarriages, uh, and then she dies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so this is where um, Alice, her being around the old king, mattered. Um, and her father being the, the hand and that, that family being in a position of power, uh, it will be easy to kind of catch Viserys eye, right? It's, it's easy for, for him to say, okay, he wasn't really interested in anyone at the time. And he's a couple of different quarters are, are pushed forward as like, Hey, consider this person, this person, et cetera. 
Um, but it's Allison Hightower ultimately who who will catch his catch his eye, and he goes on to have uh, children with her. But bef- I mean, and again, that's coming up later. Where uh, once Viserys is in power, he uh, for a long while he actually names his daughter. Um, even after Allison, he says no. She's before. I think even when Allison has children, he's still naming Rhaenyra his heir and saying that. Mm-hmm. So we'll, I think we'll, that's uh, coming up in the uh, you know, next time. But uh, that's kind of. And yeah, I think you can, and I th- and I think you can even say there's some questionable things about Viserys' death. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And guess who's also involved in it? Allison Hightower. Hightowers, the Hightowers, man. I totally think it's like a takeover. They're definitely coming in here and plotting and scheming. They got to make them sort of sinister or plotting, scheming, or bring them in super innocent and uh, awesome, make them likable, and then do what Game of Thrones did, which was give us a character where we're like, oh, they're awesome. And then next thing you know, like, wait, what are they? Did they kill the king? I thought they were the good. You know, that's what Game of Thrones does. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? There are neither. They're all just plotting and scheming at the Game of Thrones. It just happens to be the house uh, of the dragon, fire and blood situation version, right, of of that. So. Yeah, absolutely. So so fire and blood continues. Um, we'll continue on here. And this is where we just we start to get into um, King Viserys sort of rule here. Um, and we might actually, I think it would be best actually to come back ultimately to this, um, mm-hmm. to talk, which we, we've done a Maester study on King Jaehaerys sort of, of, of rule. And so I, and also then we've done Daemon Targaryen, uh, as well, but I think sort of just focusing on the line of succession was, was sort of the more sort of, um, important, well, segment from this, which is what we wanted to, to talk about ultimately. Yeah, because it is really important to and what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to still put a link to this really ridiculous um, family tree that I found. And I, yeah. I wish I, I would try to give credit to this because it is important for you to see, you know, oh, can you go who back to is. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is. Um, it, just to sort of see from from the old king here. I mean, how many people we have. You can see then the grandchildren. You can see the great grandchildren here and so on. And it, it's just it's it is kind of um uh fascinating and it really it's the setup to all of this is why is the sea snake so upset uh and then why is it that now things are a bit more chummy between him and Viserys once uh Rhaenyra is married to Lanor right so even though what's what's crazy about that is is Rene is, is Rhaenyra is probably not faithful and she has strong bastards three of them uh don't worry they all die it's fine right <laughs> like you know, and then she has and then enter Damon. So it's just a it's a it's a craziness. Um, Damon is smart enough then to ally himself with with Corliss. Uh, he ends up with with um, uh, Lena for a, for a little bit and so on. So, you know, I mean, they're all trying to stay close to Corliss Valerian over here. And yeah, man, that's that's the tension. And so it's the high towers. And really, you have the Targaryens kind of in the middle of what would be the high tower takeover and, and Corliss Valerian and, and house Valerian trying to do their thing. So, and then you just have the Targaryens trying to make, make the best out of it and figure it, figure it all out. Um, I mean, it's almost easier for, if Rhaenyra out the gate would have just married her uncle and, but yes. then again, they don't have, then they, then they don't have the Alliance though of Corliss Valerian. So there's that, right. I mean, um, that's tough. Or, 
I think it was even suggested. So Rhaenyra was already married to Lainor, but like she could have done a situation like Aegon marries his sister Helena, but had they, you know, had Rhaenyra been free to marry, you could have done something where they, those two marry and it would have been okay. Like he doesn't initially want to be crowned. Aegon the second doesn't initially want to be crowned because of his sister, his half sister Rhaenyra. Like what? So you got to remember they're all related and it is just a crazy cluster. It is. Yeah, it is. So, um, yeah, ultimately, and I think we'll come back. I think we'll come back to, to Damon uh, or to Damon and sort of Viserys reign. But um, ultimately, where this whole thing is is going is we will once again be faced with a question of sort of succession when Viserys dies. And then the, yeah. count, the council gets brought back up mm -hmm. as to sort of put us put aside. uh Rhaenyra, who will now be the, the right in a, it's, in a similar scenario that Rhaenys was in. It's it's ridiculous that Viserys was the one chosen by the council, right? He's like he's chosen because he is from from the Council of One Hundred One AC, and he's he the only man. Rhaenys, he's really the only legitimate male male, right? Yeah, Targaryen. you actually exactly. You actually had Sarah who gave up her claim, and then uh, Rhaenys, who was already passed over prior to. So yeah, he's he's set up to be that guy. Then he moves forward and says he's only have he has his daughter Rhaenyra, and he says, you know what? Screw what got me here. Uh, I'm just naming her my heir, and that was good enough. That also can the king not just do that, right? I mean, the old king was trying to be more. Some king, some kings have, some kings have just sort of said this is the way it is, and you're going to deal with it. I mean, Megor steps in; he, do, he doesn't care about any of those rules. No, he doesn't. This is how, this is how it is. Then he right. flies over and kills the High Septon. Right later on, as you said in the Blackfire, <laughs> yeah, exactly, he does. <laughs> in the in the Blackfire Rebellion, you have like, well, who has the right sword? Well, who looks more dashing? Who was more bookish? You know, who's a bastard? Who's not a bastard? We're all bastards, by God. I mean, but like, this is crazy. It's just nuts, man. So yeah, it is. It's cool to see how they're going to do it. It'll be cool to see how the show uh, plays up on all of this. I hope it's just like little hidden gems, and you got to watch every line that everybody says, and the dialogue is rich, and there's plotting and scheming and backstabbing that you don't see coming, that even we don't see coming. That is what I'm hoping for out of the show is to really play some of this up because I mean, Rhaenyra is cheating on Lainor. That's hinted at. Like, people are cheating on each other left and right and scheming and plotting. It's nuts. It's a freaking nuts yeah. time. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, I think that's a, I think that's a good place to uh, to stop for today. And then uh, this this chapter itself might be quite – might be like a three-parter um, just because – It's huge. It's a, it is, yeah, it's an enormous chapter, but it shifts around so much. And that's one of the reasons I'm not a super big fan of Fire and Blood. And I just think I prefer the structure of the world an ice and fire book more because this sort of it just it just sort of goes around because it's like the chapter is a question of succession and then the next thing you know it's like well here's Corlys Valerian and we need to yes. spend like we need to spend like ten pages talk talking yeah. about just who he is to just say he's there and right it, the way it establishes characters I'm 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 not a fan of fire and blood I've I've said it I've it's said it's it, actually it's, it's confusing just, yeah yeah. It just in the way, and I'm a history major. I have a, yeah. I have a, I have a degree in history. Preach um, and I, I just, it's the, the structure of this book is, is, it's not, I don't, I don't think it's, I, I think it could be structured better. 
Yeah, because the the you know diverting and, and moving on, you're just like, oh, here's this character. I need to give you more context on him and explain why he matters and why the decision and the council went this way. There's also the bit later on, like, oh, we should probably explain what happened when Baylor, like Baylor has died at the beginning of all this. And then we come back and we say, oh yeah, by the way, he was hand of the king. Now let's let's wrap this up. Let's bring in the high towers here and talk about what happened and how we split that up. It is, it's a lot to kind of remember. I'm like, oh, you have to jump back to the beginning of the chapter and remember who, who that character was. And there's so many freaking names that it is, uh, it's something. It's also incredibly dry. I mean, it's like, it's like Thanksgiving turkey, like three days later. Red you wine, know. washing it down. Yeah, right. Yeah, just some red wine sitting in front of a wood burning stove. You said <laughs> right, and you're just like, where you I don't even have any mustard. Just like two pieces of bread, oh, some turkey. Oh, just like, oh god, god. <laughs> you know, like, that's bad. It's yeah, it's it's dry. So anyway, so we yeah, so we will come back to that definitely, and we'll 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 focus on this next segment, which is uh Viserys reign as well as introducing Damon Targaryen and again we've done maester studies on them before so if you want to go check that out you certainly can I think we have a YouTube video pulled from that that's just directly mm -hmm. who is Damon Targaryen yeah uh, explain yeah. because he is going to be at least I think the character I'm most intrigued by in the show sure. he's going to be played by Matt Smith who is Doctor Who who's he's in uh, the crown he's freaking phenomenal uh yeah. and he's just a certifiable badass to say the least he's an right. absolute boss as 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 and i say so with that we want to thank you i guess we're not in game of thrones anymore should we say we want to thank you for dancing with dragons is that how we how we close out the this little this new yeah, segment we're doing we could oh yeah it, uh, they're still kind for, of playing the game of thrones they're kind still of. playing the game of thrones yeah well anyway we want we're to dance thank with you dragons too <laughs> right well we want to thank you for playing the game of thrones in our next episode we will be covering part two of heirs of the dragon a question of succession from the fire and blood book yeah friends don't forget to uh send us a a raven if you have thoughts on this or uh if you guys find any cool resources or references i'd love to see them just family trees or breakdowns it would be um really cool and really helpful just to kind of help folks set set up for the house of the dragon but with that if you like our podcast don't forget to subscribe like us write a review leave a comment or send us that raven at btkcast at gmail.com we will see you next time and remember that winter is coming